Get the duck boats ready. After 39 long years, the cup is back home. The Bruins are 2011 Stanley Cup champions. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Anything possible. What is up, what is up, what is up, everybody? I am your host, Cam Garrity, and today I am going to be joined by my host, Bobby. Bobby, say what's up. What's up, everyone? Happy to be here. Happy to be back, huh? Yeah, I am just week two in football. It's just happy to talk sports again. Yeah, we're coming into week three. We got a lot of cool things planned for uh, a lot of you guys. Um, There are going to be some changes Um we have Brady still on the show. Uh, for those of you that you know have been here since the first episode, however, he's got some things going on, so can't come in to the episode tonight. So it's just going to be me and Bobby, um, which is fine because you know we'll talk some sports. We've had done the last couple episodes just me and you, so I'm not too worried about us being able to talk about sports. Um, we do have some more updates though. We actually have just started a Patreon page. Uh, the difference for our Patreon page, which is going to be a little different for all of you guys out there, is that what we're going to be doing differently is we're going to bring back the recorded episodes that we used to do um, with myself, Brady, Brendan, back when we were doing those. Um, you know, in the in the early stages of quarantine, I thought those were a good hit, but there's going to be a little bit of a twist. So we're going to do them live in our patreon so for just six dollars and 99 cents a month you can actually come in ask us questions live Um, we might work out some features where you can actually call into the show live making it a lot better on the patreon side of things Um, and then what's cool about that is directly after we're going to post the videos directly into patreon so that you guys will have it and then a week later it will go on youtube so that's a kind of good perk if you do like seeing the visual kind of podcast seeing you know what we're doing how we're you know what we're wearing today if we want to show something to the camera whatever it might be um it's good in that sense and especially good if you're a patreon member we're going to be doing some you know special giveaways um with things that we're not going to be giving away to just our general audience. Um, And we're also going to be doing some giveaways that are on those videos. So, you know, if you enter in a week earlier, you might not even have a chance to win that giveaway if you're on YouTube. Um, And, you know, we're going to be releasing some exclusive merchandise that are only able to, you know, for people inside of the Patreon to actually go ahead and purchase. So there's a lot of different features we're going to be doing and, you know, just having a community with a lot of people is what we wanted to do. So we started that Um, website still up and running. Bobby, how are you feeling about, you know, everything new that we're going we're dealing with uh i love it i think it's just i think to get more people involved um right six bucks isn't a lot right and you know if you want to rock what we rock join that's all i gotta say right exactly so we got that patreon up and running enough, enough talking about that you guys know the merch you guys know where to follow us uh you guys know where to find us because if you're listening to this you found us so i'm not going to keep pestering you with how you can look at us you know everything you need is going to be in the description going to be in the bios but i just wanted to do that little plug real quick with 
the uh, Patreon because we're kind of excited about that to do some exclusive things um, with a very select people of the community and obviously still do things for everybody else. And I did forget to mention actually something that we're going to do on that Patreon is we're actually going to do a couple of things. We're going to do some like sports betting type episodes. Um, we're going to be doing our fantasy football type episodes. So if you're there and you just want to get it for the fantasy football advice and other stuff like that, it's worth it just for that alone. So those are episodes and videos that are going to be going on Patreon first. And then not only in Patreon, the fantasy football show where um, we're not even going to post it on YouTube because there's no reason to post it a week late because, you know, fantasy football news, you're going to need that week um, and stuff like that. Right. So those are going to be exclusive content that are, are going to be right on there. But to get into today's show, um, we got a couple of topics on my mind. I know you've got a couple on yours. We talked before we got on the show, but I would say the biggest thing for me going right now um, is surprisingly not the NFL is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the Boston Celtics and what have they been doing in this playoffs? Bobby, when you look at this team, are they disappointing? Are they playing a lot better than they should? What do you feel when you're looking at this team? Extremely disappointed. I think we all had high hopes. We knew what we were getting into, but it seems like just because it's, you know, the bubble that these teams like the Dallas Stars in hockey right. make it to these things. The Miami Heat, Tyler Hero, I don't know, 20-year-old. I wish I could ball like that kid, <laughs> but you got to give it to him, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's, I been, think, he's been electric. They, we can't hit a three-pointer for our life. That's one of the other issues. Yeah. But this team is very good. Mm -hmm. I think they can still make a comeback. Is it going to happen? Probably not. You know, I think they could lose in six. But, you know, I am very disappointed with the outcome. Even with the, you know, break, with all the other stuff, I still had high hopes for this team. Yeah. At least make it to the finals. It if I'm being honest, they're done. I think I think they lose yeah. Friday and they lose in five games, and I think it's an overall disappointment. Um, they showed, you know, flashes of greatness when you know they had the locker room fighting, you know, with Marcus Smart and uh, Jalen Brown, and that looked to you know kick some fire into their ass. You know, they came out game, game, uh, sorry, game three to make sure that they didn't go down three zero, and then they went and lost the next game again very handedly to a team they let a rookie you know and he's a good rookie let's not you know take away from him but they let a guy unproven in the playoffs unproven as a player they let him go off for 37 points last night um and, and it just hurts because Danny Ainge talked so much about how much he wanted Tyler Hero in that draft and if many of you that know basketball know that Pat Riley and Danny Ainge Pat Riley is the president of basketball operations for the Miami Heat and Danny Ainge uh, back when Ainge was a player, they had, you know, a little bit of a, a frenemy or not even, I wouldn't even say a frenemy. There are rivals. They don't like each other. Um, yeah. So when Pat Riley heard how much Danny Ainge was, you know, hyping this kid up, the uh, the draft pick actually went by a coin flip for those that don't know. And the Heat ended up winning the coin flip to get the 14th pick, uh, 13th pick where the Celtics would get the 14th pick um, instead of the other way around. And just out of spite, Pat Riley took Tyler Hero over the Celtics. And, you know, if I'm anybody, I'm disappointed in Danny H for not trading up. We had three draft picks in that first round. Um, one of them being Grant Williams, one of those being Romeo Langford, and another one of those being Matisse Thibel, who ended up getting traded to the 76ers and had a pretty decent rookie year. Um, but you could have traded those picks up. None of those players are going to pan out to be anything. And, and speaking of trading... 
I really don't like the fact that we're sitting here looking at this Boston Celtics team and the Miami Heat have Jay Crowder and they have um, Andre Iguodala that they got at the trade deadline to kind of just, even though they're not making an impact, they're, they're giving minutes rests to their starters that have been playing the whole game. They're giving them rest to be able to, you know, put up 40 points to get this against the Celtics because you can get 15 quality minutes out of Andre Iguodala. And so we've got Robert Williams, Ennis Cantor, Grant Williams, and Semi Ojale out there soaking up minutes. And you can't trust them to at least, you know, push some, you know, points on the board and keep the, you know, momentum rolling so that guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker can all get a rest. You can't trust our bench to do that. So Don't forget, Hero came off the bench. Right. And put up 37. Right, but he he's also their up. top draft pick. Like, they have huge plans for him anyway. Um, right. And he's a good I mean, Grant scorer. Williams, when Grant Williams has to play, the kid does okay on the defensive right, side he of the does, ball. He does okay, but, you know, the 08 Celtics, everybody always talks about how they had the guys like, you know, Leon Poe and, you know, Eddie House right. and, and stuff like that. And it's like, that's great and all, but you don't need – you know, five Leon posts. You you still need that Eddie House that can come on and, and you know score you know ten twelve points you know a game in the playoffs and give you that kind of backup point guard role. You need that coming off the bench and and you look at any of these teams coming out there. You know, you look at the Lakers, right? They have Lonzo or did have Lonzo. Now they have Rondo. Um, you know, they have Kuzma. They have guys that are complementary pieces that are coming off their bench or starting. Um, you know, Alex Caruso. They're getting good minutes out of those guys and they might not be making the biggest of impacts but they're definitely leaving something on the floor and and you see that with Miami and it's just one of those things where I think the Celtics are done I think it's a huge disappointment I think it proves that these guys aren't ready and look as as high as I am on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as I think of them as a great duo I think once they hit their peak I think the Celtics are a scary team that they're going to coast through teams and you know in the east when they have guys like that but this just proves to me that you know Jason Tatum is not ready um, to be that guy right to be you know the top five player in the league that everybody thinks he's going to be he's not ready he doesn't have that killer instinct and and it's scary because you know you think he's supposed to be one of those guys and you don't want him to be one of those players that knows he's good, you know, and just kind of coasts through and doesn't really take it. You want him to be the the Jimmy Butlers and, you know, the LeBron James who are hungry and always trying to win. You want, you don't want him to be somebody who is just coasting by and, and taking a paycheck because he knows he's one of the best in the league. You don't want him to be another Kyrie. Right. I think, I mean, I think he's still young. I think he's got a right. lot he's of. He's still potential. only twenty-two years kid, old. You know, like he's yeah. he's not. We're not talking about a twenty-eight-year-old who's looking for a max contract. He's getting towards the end of his prime, but it is scary to know that you know one of his best friends is Kyrie, and this locker room is still having problems after Kyrie left. And you know what? Like maybe it's not the Kyrie was the issue. Maybe it was Kyrie brought the guys that acted like Kyrie, like a Jason Tatum gave them a little bit more of a voice in that locker room over the guys like Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and, you know, guys that actually, you know, try and, and are very, you know, competitive people. Maybe maybe that's what that was. It, it was, it's, you know, it's like having that, you know, dog or that kid around that, you know, you hear the parents swear that kid's going to mimic it. So maybe it's the same thing with a guy like Jason Hanum. I just hope he can snap out of it and, and, you know, get to that, you know, 
Mamba mentality, basically, because, you know, that's a big idol of his, and, and I don't really see that Mamba mentality. I see more Kyrie in him right now than I do of Kobe. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I mean, his game's improving, right? You, right. Um, you see the assists go up. You see the rebounds go up. But right. you're right. He's missing that killer instinct. Right, the you guy know, the that can close set. the game at the at the end of the game fourth quarter you need somebody that you're like put the ball in his hands we're not losing and I don't feel that with him right now and I don't feel it with Jalen Brown and I don't feel it with Kemba yeah Kemba's been average at best in these playoffs right. let not, me tell not you. what you're paying him for <laughs> put yeah. it at that Love not, the guy. not what you're paying him for he needs to turn it around next year but he is probably average right now right Rondo is playing better in an LA like, right Right, and I mean, it's just one of those things with the Celtics. I think I think they're done. I think they lose Friday. I think you go back if you're Danny Ainge and you say, okay, enough stockpiling all of these assets. We're going to go out there. We're going to make a trade for somebody at, a, at, a center, you know, at center. It could be anybody, right? It could be somebody like a Carl Anthony Towns. It could be somebody like a Joel Embiid. Whoever team is is desperate enough to unload a center now I don't think either of those players are going to come here but you know Clint Capello would have been a perfect example right go out and get Nerland someone like that it doesn't always have to be a superstar center but the Celtics need to go out there and they need to be a big man because as much as I like Daniel Tice he's a great option off the bench he can't rebound the football at yeah, all right and and he should be he should be in the playoffs you're like seventh or eighth guy Right, right. G- gives you good minutes. Right, can give your center some, you know, some time. He plays good defense. He plays hard, right? And you know, he can get, you know, gets box players out. He's a smaller center. He's not the, you know, the biggest center in the world, but you know, he can give you that. He could be that center when you want to put out four scorers out there, right? When you want to put out a lineup of, you know, Jason Tatum, Kemba, Jalen Brown, and Gordon Hayward. You can have Daniel Tice be out there, and you know, you can give guys like Marcus Smart and uh, and. Um, Kemba some time off, you know, and you can give them time off. And I think that's that's what he suits as. But he, he shouldn't be your starting center getting 30, 35 minutes a night. Um, no. You need to go out there in the offseason. You need to find somebody like that. The Celtics need to um, pile up some of these assets they have that are sitting on the end of our bench and go out there and grab a small forward or a bigger power forward, somebody like that to spell some minutes away from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown so that they can stay rested. And you need to Not get a score. Just, minutes. just like give them some competition. Right. So they can get better at practice. Right. Give, give, them, nobody... give them somebody, you know, give them somebody off the bench, right? Like a perfect example would be like a Jay Crowder. If we went out and got him and brought him back here, right? Again. Like <laughs> a Jay Crowder would have been would have been fine at the deadline, right? And then you go out and you trade for, you know, a shooting guard that can, you know, come off the bench like a Tyler Harrow, not saying the same level of skill, but somebody that can come out, shoot, or like a Duncan Robinson, right? Something like that. You go out and you trade for somebody that can shoot the three, can play solid defense on the perimeter. You get a guy JJ like Redick. Yeah, you get a guy like a, a Jay Crowder, and then what you get is you get a center, right? And you roll out there with the center. You say, Cantor, thanks for coming by. We don't need you again next year. And you, you keep guys like Daniel Tice, Robert Williams, and then you have a center. But the thing is, is they need a center that can play majority of the game because what they're doing right now is they're mixing their lineup between Thice, Robert Williams. Uh, I said Thice. Tice, Robert Williams, and Ennis Cantor. They're literally 
rotating their lineup between all three of them because if you added all three of them together, they'd be one of the better centers in the league. The offensive canter, the athleticism and defense of Robert Williams, and the overall like box-out physicality can play defense of Daniel Tice, you add all three of that together, and they'd be a top-five center in the league. But the thing is, is they're three players, and you put Cantor out there, he's a liability defensively. You put Robert Williams out there, he doesn't know what to do on offense. He kind of, you know, he's still raw because he's a young player. He doesn't know where to be on the court because he doesn't get that many minutes. And then you put Tice out there, and he's a de- he's an offensive liability, right? And he's not and he's not stretching the floor to let the other guys get out there. So I think the Celtics need to address that if they lose this game, which I feel like they're going to. If they lose this upcoming game. I really think the Celtics are going to have to take a hard, long look at these draft picks and these prospects that they draft, like the Romeo Lamfords, Langfords and the Grant Williams and guys like that. And I, and I really hope they start trading them and bringing some you know, actual pieces in here so that we can contend with this team for years to come. Do you think that the Lakers are going to sweep through Miami? I, if, if it's Lakers-Miami, I think it's I – would, I would have the Lakers in six. I think Jimmy yeah. Butler and them are they're too good right now. Um the fact that you know you, the Heat I mean the Lakers don't look as dominant as they are playing um is a scary thing for the Heat, but I also think that you know the Lakers with the Heat's lineup are are beatable, you know, you can put you could put Bam on Anthony Davis. I mean, he's not going to shut him down, but he's going to make it at least harder on him. Um, you could put Jimmy Butler on, you know, LeBron. That matchup has shown in the past that it, you know it's possible to they can have a good matchup. And you know, you you yeah. just you just if you're the Heat, you hope guys like Goran Dragic and Tyler Hero have good games because I I don't really find confidence in anybody else on the Lakers to, you know, actually shut those kind of complimentary pieces down if they're going off. So um, that's what I would say. My Bostonian, you know. Meat session, my meat rocket, I guess we could say. <laughs> Your meat rocket. My Bostonian meat rocket for the Boston. That should be teams. a new t shirt. Can you put that on a t shirt? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Cam's meat rocket. <laughs> yeah, Cam's Bostonian meat rocket. Well, what what my meat rocket is, so people don't get assumed, is uh literally has nothing to do with a with meat or a rocket or the <laughs> you know, whatever else is in your mind. What it actually has to do with is my hard on for Boston sports is telling me that the Celtics are going to come back and win, but I'm just kidding myself. I don't want to get my hopes up anymore. I want to move on to the next topic, which is Cam Newton and the Patriots. Bobby, what have you been seeing out of Cam Newton? Cause I think it's been a couple weeks since we've done an episode. I don't think we've actually been able to talk about Cam. Newton. What we've actually seen. Yeah. Right. I, Love it. I listened to him on the radio today. Mm-hmm. He's got nicknames for everybody on that offense. Yeah, that was hilarious. He is loving, you know, Bill O'Brien. He's loving Bill Belichick. Not Bill O'Brien, mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, McDaniels. Bill O'Brien's a different topic. Yeah, um, he's a, he's and Bill awesome. Belichick. And all you see is every single, well, I know it's only been two weeks, but you just see him progress. Right. And see him get better and better. And and even the wide receivers, Nikhil Harry, is just getting better and better. And then Tyler Boyd, is that his name? Bird? Bird. Tamir Bird. Tamir Bird. Yeah, yeah. He, he had what, like five catches last week? Yeah, I mean, he Four was he was uh, out there for the most snaps week one. He just didn't have any targets. Um, 
and you know he's he was out there a lot again and had some good targets. So it it clearly shows that not only does Cam Newton, but Josh McDaniels is trusting him with his grasp of the offense at least to be out there for you know to be a new wide receiver with no off season and no stuff. I mean. You, you got to give it right. to him. I mean, he's not going to be, you know, an all-star for us, you know, and make the Pro Bowl, but he's uh, he's definitely could be serviceable to be, an, you know, like a, he's basically Philip Dorsett, right? That's what he right. is. And that offensive line is the most underrated offensive line in the league. I, I wouldn't even say underrated. I think I think they're they're perfectly rated. I think people in New England don't realize how good of an offensive line we have because we're so used to, like, Brady has no weapons. Blah, blah. If we didn't have a good offensive line, it wouldn't matter who Brady was throwing to. So just for that fact alone, like, now now that that's happening, we have a great offensive line. You have probably the, the first or second best left guard in the entire NFL in Joe Tooney. Uh, the da- best center David, in the league. Dave, David Andrews is at least in the top five for centers right now. I, I would say, you know... Uh, Jason Kelsey's up there with the Eagles. Travis Kelsey's brother, he's pretty good too. Um, and then at right guard, you have uh, Shaq. You have Big Daddy Shaq who's out there. <laughs> and and he's good too. He's one of the top five right guards in the league. Yeah. So And then you have a rookie at right tackle. And, uh, Big Michael, Smoke, June 20. Yeah. You have Michael Onwenyu, uh, right tackle. We just drafted him in like the sixth round. He's very versatile. He he can play any of the lineman positions. So I, I think he's got a lot of upside. He's not like elite, but he's definitely serviceable. And then Isaiah Wynn is looking a lot better than he did. And that was a high draft pick that we had a couple years ago. So to see him kind of stepping into form is, is kind of promising. Yeah. And, I mean, I would love to have a running back, like a solid yeah, how does it make you back? feel that we pick Sony over instead of Nick Chubb? Same backfield. I, <laughs> I know. It's, the thing, the thing with Sony, my issue with Sony is that he is the most predictable player, literally statistically, in the entire NFL. When he's on the field, the Patriots run the ball. I think, I think it was like the Patriots have run the ball like eighty-five percent of the time, like he when he's on the field. So everybody, right? In the but league, that was with Tom Brady. Right, but now the same thing is the same thing this year though. It's the same thing because Sony Michelle can't catch. But mm-hmm. the best the worst part about it is that when, when they're handing it off to Sony Michelle, it's he looks so stiff and everybody says how great he looks in practice and you know, he's making a second jump this year and he just looks like when he gets to game day he freezes. And that and that's that's something that's kind of scary for you. You you want your running back to be elusive. You want him to be Right. Know, I mean it could be no tackles. fans. Who knows what's affecting them, you know? Yeah. No, I and I, I'm not but giving the benefit I'm of the I'm not giving you know, excuses for the guy, but it's very hard. I mean, Rex Burkhead has been playing fantastic, too, and the other kid, J.J. Uh, J.J. Taylor, the 5'6 running back. Yeah, stud. Yeah. <laughs> But that, that kid's but, a stud. But uh, and people also forget Damian Harris is on the injured list or the uh, right. injured reserve, and he is coming back in I I want to say three weeks, and he is someone that everybody was say, very high on in training camp for the limited time that they actually got to see players. Um, but everybody was very high on him and saying that he actually looked like our best running back out there. Um, and he's been injured, so he was our draft pick last year. People talked highly of him last year. Um, you know, from Bama and, and he, he looks to be a good, solid running back. I, I would not count him out for any touches once he's back. Um, but, but the thing is, is, you know, Cam Newton has always been one of those players that he just like similar to Tom Brady in this aspect where he makes 
players better around him. And not many quarterbacks do that, right? You look at guys like Aaron Rodgers, they need those guys on his team. They need those weapons, right? The the Devontae Adams, the Randall Cobbs, right? He needs those kind of wide receivers on his team um, in order to do what he does. Tom Brady and Cam Newton have never really had an elite wide receiver on their team. And, you know, you can make the argument for Tom Brady of, you know, Gronkowski and Edelman and Randy Moss for, Randy you Moss. know, for a year. But I'm talking about, like, elite wide out that's been here for you. Like, I'm talking like a Julio Jones. Like, if there was a Julio Jones, which also sucks because Belichick was very high on Julio Jones, but ended up not picking him, and he wanted to trade back in the draft instead of using it to draft Julio Jones. So, um, remember that, Patriots fans. You could have had Julio Jones here. Maybe had a couple more Super Bowls than uh, the six. But you know what? We'll take what we can get here. <laughs> but Yeah, I know. Listen, I, I just think Bill that, Belichick has not made many mistakes in his very long, successful career. Right. We can let this one go. And even <laughs> if he does make a mistake, he's got you six rings. Like, you know, even he if he does. He, yeah, he's made plenty of mistakes. Like, I remember we signed, like, Ocho Cinco and Albert Hainsworth in the same yeah, season. And that. we were like, oh, my God, like, Bill Belichick's going to make them become someone and, like, make them back into their old self. And, like, Ocho Cinco didn't work out here at all. And Albert Hainsworth literally was a shell of himself and couldn't even like, like work out. Like he could, he couldn't even pass his physicals. So like they had to get rid of him and stuff. So that was like awful. But what I really want the Patriots to do, and I was talking to you about this, is that Zach Ertz is available, right? And the Eagles don't want to sign him. He's coming up on free agency. They want to get rid of him. They like Dallas Goddard. I think the Patriots would like somebody like Zach Ertz, but then you have to look at it this way from Bill Belichick's eyes. Why would he spend basically a third-round draft pick, which is probably what it's going to take, maybe even a second-rounder, right? That's what I'm thinking, at minimum, right? It's going to include more picks than that, too. Yeah. But Bill Belichick's looking at it as, I just wasted, or I just, not wasted, I just used two draft picks on two tight ends in this past draft. Why am I going to trade another pick for another tight end when I don't even know what these kids are going to be? Right. And if that's if that's his mindset, then that's totally fine. I don't see that. But where I really want the Patriots to go is two two route. Well, technically three routes. So the first route being John Ross from the Bengals. He was drafted ninth overall in 2017, had injuries his first couple of years. Um, he's now sitting behind A.J. Green, a healthy A.J. Green. Um, you know, Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate, and now T. Higgins, who was an exceptional wide Joe receiver. Joe Burrow is a stud. Yeah. And uh, he's sitting behind T. Higgins, who is an exceptional wide receiver at Clemson, um, who, you know, played against Joe Burrow in the national championship game, was a great wideout. They ended up getting him in the second round. I was surprised he fell that far to them. Um, So, you know, they selected him, and now John Ross is basically uh, could be the fourth or fifth receiver on that team, depending on how they value Auden Tate um, and T. Higgins. But, you know, John Ross is in a situation where unless AJ Green retires after this year, he he's not going to get much more catches. He's a speedy wideout. I think it'd be really cool to have that in New England just to get another option out there that, you know, is high draft pick, high upside and Bill Belichick could probably flip a third or fourth rounder for the kid, and, you know, throw in a sixth rounder or something next year. Grab that kid, uh, you know, out of Cincinnati and coach him up to be a really good wide receiver. I I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. And then my other route is it's kind of a two parter, and and I'll and I'll let you uh, say what you have to say after Bob about about this. But Clay Matthews is still a free agent, 
The Patriots are very, very thin in their linebacking core. Sign Clay Matthews. Make Chase Winovich into a right outside linebacker this season, right? Don't put him there right. immediately, but have Clay Matthews show him the ropes, right? One of the better outside linebackers, you know, of the past 10 years, right? Let let Clay Matthews show Chase Winovich, and it's funny because of the hair and very similar style, but, you know, have him take him under the wing and, and help out that linebacking core because, you know, people do forget we did have a lot of players that opted out, but... You don't know what's going to happen. You know, Dante Hightower could be like, you know what? I've won my rings. I got my money. I'm retiring. He's a free agent after this year anyway. So you never know what could happen there. Patrick Chung could retire, right? There's a lot of things that could happen on this Patriots defense. We forget that these players, you know, in the NFL don't play till not everybody plays till they're 40, right? Right. You're lucky when guys like Vinatieri and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and the quarterbacks, Kevin right? The quarterbacks and the kickers play till they're basically 40, right? Wide receivers and, de- and defensive backs and running backs, like most of the league finishes by like 33, 34, and then they're done. And that's that's Kevin how McCourty is like one of few guys who can play right. And, safety, and, yes, and it's it's literally level. it's literally proven that. Well, not like literally proven, but it's shown that when guys stay healthy and stay on the field, they usually get to the Hall of Fame if they're consistent. Like Larry Fitzgerald, you know what I mean? Most wide receivers don't go till the age, and here is Larry Fitzgerald. I think he's 38 now. Like, yeah, no, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's still kicking it in the league. And, like, he's still, you know, a solid wideout for that team. I mean, they're obviously not running him out there every single play because they have I mean, DeAndre they have DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins so but, what else do you need? But, you know, at least with, with Larry Fitzgerald, you know what you're getting and he can be there. So my point for the, the Patriots fans out there is, you know, we need to have some urgency now. I, I know everybody was like, you know, all oh, the Patriots are going to suck this year. It's going to be a rebuilding year, right? One, that's never going to happen. Belichick is never going to tank. He's never going to have that in him. He he will always try to win with what he's got. But now everybody's all excited because of Cam Newton, which rightfully so. He looks great, and the team looks good. But you also have to have some urgency there, right? We're not a young team. It's not like we're a young, up-and-coming team. We've got some young, budding stars on this roster. Like, you know, Gilmore's getting up there in age. McCordy, both McCordys are getting up there in age. You have Hightower getting up there in age. Patrick Chung getting up there in age. And a lot of these young guys that are on our team, there's no defensive stud besides, I would say, like J.C. Jackson. And Kyle Duggar looked great. But there there hasn't been... Benavich is looking good. Right. And there's no, like, this guy's a stud, right? Where you're like, this is our guy for the next, you know seven or eight years, 10 years, it's going to be here forever on either side of the ball. And that's the scary thing to me. If you're a Patriots fan, it's not the fact that are we going to win this year? And look, I'm somebody who always looks to the future with these teams, right? Because we're so used to a dynasty, which is fine. You know what? If we're going to win a championship every 10 years from now on, if we get lucky, you know, obviously it's never going to happen that way because, you know, it's football. Anybody can win at any time. And being in a dynasty like we are in is literally a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I don't think we'll ever see, you know, multiple championships like that for probably any of the Boston sports teams for, you know, at least the rest of our life. Um, but, you know, as long as Bill Belichick's here, you're going to win. I don't know. You know. I would say I could see my 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 Bruins doing – Something I could close too, to but but you know why the Bruins are exciting to us, right? Because they have right. they have Pasternak, who's a young, talented top five player in the league, right? 
They have young guys coming up. Well, with the Patriots, like, name me five young guys that you're like, no, this kid's going to be legit, right? I know. They can't hard. do it. They, they have a very they're, old they're, team. Because Haley hasn't been – he hasn't proven anything. Right, really. and he looked okay, but the only reason he looked okay is because Cam Newton threw for 400 yards and Edelman had almost 180. So, of course, Nikhil Harry's going to get open. Right. Right. So of course, Nikhil Harry's going to get open, and of course, when you force feed him the ball, as ma- like he he has as many catches as Edelman does this year. They both have thirteen. Right. So I hope Harry turns out to be something. I'm very high on Nikhil Harry. Right. Like I have him in fantasy. Like I'm waiting for him to go off. I think he will develop into a pretty solid receiver. Is he going to be elite? Right. Is he going to go out there and, and be the you know top five wideouts in the league? No. But he could be somebody that you know is you know, a legitimate threat that when you play the Patriots, you know, you got to put your number one corner on to kill Harry. You know, you have to do that. I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, a, a hall of famer or anything like that, but really dude, there, there's nobody out there that you're I'm high on, right. That I'm just like, this is a great player. Like Stidham dud, right. Nothing there. Wideouts to kill Harry eh, average right now. Sony Michelle basically has been a bust so far, right. When you draft a guy that high, was Sony in the first round, I think? Yeah, he was. He was, he was. Right. When you draft a running back in the first round, you're that high on the kid, and he has yet to really turn into anything. I think this is his third year now. So if he doesn't step it up, or no, it might be his fourth year. I'm not too sure because he was the same draft class as Nick Chubb. If he doesn't turn around this year, like if Sony Michelle doesn't have an 1,000-yard rushing res- season this year, he's a bust. In my opinion. Yeah. You draft somebody in the first round and they don't do jack shit for you for three years. That's a bust. In my opinion, when you draft a first round pick, you're expecting them to contribute within the first two seasons. You know, now would you, would you this season go out and get a running back or a wide receiver first in the, uh, in the middle of the season, like trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, I'd go for the wide receiver because yeah. not I'm not saying Sony Michelle is like so bad that like nothing can happen, but he's not what you drafted him for, right? Like yeah, he's serviceable, right? You have him, you have James White, you have Burkhead, you have Damian Harris, right? Like you have those guys. I'm not saying that, you know, they don't have anybody. Um, but you know, we don't have a dynamic running back which he should have been based on when we drafted him. You know, right. he sh- he should have been that you know, when you draft a guy in the first round, just just take a look at the the running backs drafted in the first round the last couple of years. They most likely turn out to be something. Right. Um, and just to say that, you know, Belichick drafted uh, Sony Michelle over Nick Chubb, you know, and, and seeing how Nick Chubb has been, you know, not blaming that on Bill Belichick, but it does hurt, you know, when you look at that. Yeah, I'd agree. But, yeah. He was 31st overall in 2018. Um, I want to look at... So that's his third year now. This is his third year, yeah. Yeah. He had an okay rookie campaign, though, right? Let me me look at Sony Michelle's stats so that we're not, you know, we're not doing anything here. So his, this is his third season. So yeah. he had so this is this is where I say this, right? When I say a thousand yards, he's yet to break over a thousand yards, but he had nine hundred and thirty one with six touchdowns, and he had nine hundred and twelve with seven touchdowns last year. 
So he's middle of the pack, right? I'm not saying he's bad. That Those are serviceable right. numbers, what I mean by that. I'm not saying it. I, I don't want people to say this and say, Cam saying Sean Michelle's awful. No, I will say yeah. if this year he doesn't break 1,000 yards, he's a bust because you want to see improvement every single year. And I'm not saying we need a guy that's going to be, you know, Derrick Henry running for 1,500 yards, but, you know, you need a 1,000-yard rusher, right? That, that's your guy. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's going to be hard, too, also now right. because you have Cam Newton who's going to take, right. you know, mm-hmm. how many more of those carries away yeah, from Yeah, I, I mean, so probably. I, I think – you know, realistically, you can kind of pencil in Cam Newton for, you know, eight carries maximum. I think the week one was, you know, 15 carries, which was a lot. I don't think he'll ever reach that. But, you know, seven or eight are going to go to him. Right. Um, but, I mean, you know, Sony Michelle's not bad. Like, let me, let me read, like, I have to feel like I have to relay that message that I'm not saying he's bad, but I'm saying that when you draft somebody in the first round, you expect them to be, like, Nikhil Harry, Right. When you draft right. him in the first round and, and everybody in the draft is like, Nikhil Harry's probably the best receiver in this draft. Like, this is great for, like, New England. Um, you know, and, and you're sitting there in New England thinking, like, all right, great. We got a legit option for, you know, Tom Brady and this team. And, you know, granted, Tom Brady didn't throw to him. but And now he, you know, it's only been two weeks. Like, let's preface it now. Like, what I've seen so far from Sony Michelle um, and, and Nikhil Harry has been average. Right has has been has been average. They got their job done, what you want them to do, and that's really all it is. But for for anybody else to say otherwise right now, it, it's just I I don't believe in that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you have a good point. I mean, I don't think you're saying you hate them or like they're no. awful because we know that they're not. But you know, you want that. Like you said, you want that a thousand yard guy to take that pressure off of everything, literally everything of the offense. Right. You know, and if you hopefully have a thousand yard rusher and a thousand yard receiver, and you have a guy like Edelman who, you know, usually catches for a hundred yards, I don't think he's going to do it again this year just because of how the offense is and how he's getting up there in age. But if you have you those, know. if you have a thousand yard receiver and a thousand yard rusher, which is, you know, pretty good you know you got you got two good options on your offense right there alone you know that's a good offense right if you can have those and you know cam newton can find you know another you know 1500 passing yards from you know the rest of the team that and that's totally fine that's what you need um i just think patriots fans i think i'd be a little worried right now and the reason I'm worried on Sony Michelle too is is when you draft somebody that high, right? Like I said, you expect them to be good, but you also have to remember that these players don't play till they're forty, right? So Sony Michelle's not getting any younger. He, he's had some, you know, he looks, he runs like he's gonna snap a knee every time too. Um, and he does kind of. And look like he... it's one of those things where like you want to get production out of them when you draft them while they're young. Um, before they get injuries, because one knee injury, it's going to slow them down. They get another, you know, type of like foot injury or, you know, hip or something, you know, later in their career, which happens because it's a very physical sport. It's a physical position because you're going to, you know, you're getting hit a lot. When those injuries start piling up, you know, they start slowing down, right? And, and you know, let's say right now, Sony Michelle could play till he's 40, right? Like a Frank Gore, but he gets one injury. Okay, now he's only going to play till he's 32, that took eight years off his career, 
right? Yeah. Now that now he got another one. Okay, he might only you know be solid until thirty. And okay, now he's going to be really good for a little bit, and then he's going to just be an average running back after that. It happens, right? You know, you, there's not many times you get guys like Frank Gore that play till you know their late thirties and are effective. Oh, LT, <laughs> right? You don't get those guys that often. So, if I'm Patriots fans, I'm a little worried. I, I think the NF, NFL as a self, you know, any players you get, but honestly, defensive players play the longest. I think out of anybody because they're the ones besides doing the extra. quarterback, right? besides the quarterback and kicker, because and and linemen too, offensive linemen. As long as they don't get injured, um, a lot of them play longest. But you know, those skill positions, they don't play you know effectively, really past like thirty four. It's very yeah. rare for that to happen, and 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 what I mean effectively, like I would say, a prime for somebody is like twenty two years old, you know, fresh out of college till about twenty eight, and then they start running into injuries from like twenty eight to thirty, but they're still good players, um, and they don't really have full seasons. Then from like thirty to like thirty two, they're they're solid, but they're not what they were, and then they kind of fall off hill from there. Like you can look at it with guys like AJ Green, right? You know, he's he's not he's a shell of himself, and um, there's plenty of players out there that, that are doing the same thing. So if I'm Patriots fans, well, well, I am a Patriots fan. I'm worried. I'm worried about, you know, we don't have that guy. And I'm not saying we need a, you know, a top 10 at any position, but you know, I'm not confident. And, you know, at least right now through two weeks of seeing anybody make that jump and, and look, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to these players, even though in the same breath as me talking down on them, there's been no preseason and there wasn't a real training camp. So I think we can really have a good solid say on these things by like week four. Once week four happens, then we can kind of be harsh on everybody. Cause then that would be normally when the preseason would be over. And okay. Now you've had four games to get ready and get used to things. Now you're just not doing good. Right. Yeah. So Bobby moving on to our next thing I wanted to do really quick today. Uh, we're going to be doing our pick em. So Ooh. I'm going to ask you to get your notes out on your phone. Um, okay. Cause I have the, uh, the games up and what we're going to do is we're going to go one by one. We're going to take our picks for this week. And what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, you're going to keep track of them every single week. Um, and we're going to see how we did you know, every Thursday, the week before, we should have started this a little sooner this year, but it's okay. We've got a uh, week three to go. Um, week three. Yeah. So we're going to start off. So make sure you write down my picks and your picks separately. And then I'm going to um, write, you could just write who we pick like for each game. Okay. Instead of doing like who they're against. So week one, we've got Miami and Jacksonville tonight. In about 30 minutes, we're going to have, or 30 minutes from when we're recording this, I'm going to go downstairs and watch the uh, Dolphins-Jaguars tonight. Um, Bobby, who do you got and why? I got to go with Jacksonville because, I mean, how can you go against that mustache? The beard or the mustache, what are you going to pick? You can't go against the the mustache. mustache. I'm going with Jacksonville. You got to go with the mustache. I'm going to join you too. Um, (laughs) Do we want to... Do we want to throw? No, we'll we'll do those for. Uh, here's what we'll do: we're for the Patriots game, right? For the games yeah. with the Patriots, we will. And sorry, I'm kind of fumbling around with my mic. I'm just making sure my phone doesn't die. Um, 
for the Patriots okay. games, we'll we'll give a score for the game and stuff too. Um, okay. But not for these. So I'm going to go Jacksonville too. I think Gardner Minshew is on a mission this year to prove to Jacksonville that, look, you haven't really given me an opportunity. You drafted me. You made me your starter. You haven't given me an opportunity to command this team and this offense. And, you know, I've been a starter for how many, however many games. And, you know, I've won these games. I think he's going to want to prove to them that, you know, look, we might not win a lot of games, but I want to prove to you that, you know, I can be the quarterback of the future. I have them winning this game over Miami. I think I, I think Miami's going to have to move with Tua in a couple weeks. Um, I hope so. And, and let and let him kind of rock. Uh, Fitzpatrick's doing doing what he should, you know, doing his job. But, look, man, you draft a kid fifth overall. You saw it with the Chargers. They unfortunately, you know, Tyrod had some issues, and I hope he gets better <laughs> soon. But... Um, you know, That's stupid doctor. Yeah, and you hope he gets better soon. But they put Herbert out there, and he looked great. And that was the guy they drafted after Tua. So, you know, if you're seeing all these rookie, you know, rookie quarterbacks and uh, you know, guys having good games out there, you know, you got guys like Joe Burrow and and now Justin Herbert out there. You, if you're Miami, you better be itching to put in your guy that you just drafted. Yeah, I agree. It's time. Okay, it's literally time for you. Yeah. We've got Houston and Pittsburgh. This is the 1 o'clock game. These are the Sunday games at 1. Houston and Pittsburgh. I got to go with Pittsburgh. Yeah. I think Ben's just playing well. Houston's got nobody. And also, go to, to go back to Jacksonville really quick, they're actually going to have fans of the game again. So that's kind of a little bit of a slight advantage in their favor. How many? Their favorite. You know? I, I think it's like 5,000. It's like. I don't know how many it is. I know it's probably like 20%, but everybody was joking say it's like 5,000 because they suck anyway. So who knows? But uh, yeah, so that's another reason for Jacksonville. I forgot to mention that. But I'm going to go Pittsburgh too. Uh, Their defense is elite. Ben Roethlisberger's got another week to kind of practice with his guys. They're home. Um, So I'm going with the Steelers here pretty handedly too. I I don't think it's going to be any. uh, Poor Deshaun Watson. You got to get him out of there. You know, or get someone in there for him. <laughs> right. Get him some options. Yeah, so I'm going Pittsburgh. So the next game we got is Cincy at Philadelphia. Ooh. Well, I don't know, because Philly's kind of blown it this year. Mm-hmm. And Cincinnati, and I talked to bet against a Joe Burrow. He hasn't gotten his first win yet, correct? Nope, he's 0-2. All right. Two close uh, games. Geez. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. We're not swaying away from each other today. I'm going Cincinnati, (laughs) too. It's probably going to bite us in the ass. Um, I'm going Cincinnati, too. Look, Joe Burrow looked great in both of those games. Um, He really, you know, he looked great, you know, leading them back in in almost two game-winning drives. Couldn't get it done in either game, but, I mean, the fact that he's been bringing them that close and, you know, he had a great game last week against the Browns, who have a pretty good secondary in defense. So I'll give him that. Philly is a good defense, too, but I don't know. I just feel Joe Burrow's got to get his first win here. I don't think the Bengals are going to be that bad. He needs to prove to everybody that he can win. And, and you know, you could tell that the the uh, demeanor about him is he really wants to win. He doesn't care about stats. He doesn't care about contracts. So I think this is going to be a game where since he kind of comes out ahead on top of Philly there and gets the win. Okay, next game, we got the Giants and the 49ers. Oh, the practice squad? 
I don't know if the 49ers want to play at MetLife after how many injuries, and they're playing their back-to-back weeks. So um, that's a little scary. Um, Uh, I mean, the Giants just lost uh, Saquon for the season, right? Yep, Saquon's done for the season. I know Nick Bosa's done for the season. Um, Jimmy G's out for six weeks as well. I think Mozart was a little banked up. Um, man, this is going to be a tough game just for just for you know how everything is. But is Jones playing? Daniel Jones. Yep. I I, I still gonna... have Forty ers in this game. I'm going to go Giants. I'm going to think uh, DJ Dimes is going to finally show up. Because yeah. he needs to, because that team, all that team knows is success. And once you start losing a couple in a row, those fans are just like Boston fans. They get a little irritable, yeah. and it can get, just go downhill. They also just up. signed uh, Devontae Freeman, too. Um, yeah. So they I have a running that. back. But, I mean, without Saquon, you're kind of one-dimensional. I think you're kind of screaming to everybody that you're going to be – passing the ball you know you lose a guy like that you 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 know you might try out your running backs I don't know even without Bosa on uh 49ers um you know for the rest of the year I, I still think they have a great defense so I I'm, I'm picking the 49ers in this game um no Jimmy G but you know they they can get it done with that you know offense they just hand the ball off and you know they got a good offensive line so we'll see how that kind of goes with that so I'm going 49ers cool so the next one, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders at New England. No fans in New England. This is the hometown team. Cam Newton versus Derek Carr. What do you got, Bobby? I have Bill Belichick spitting on John Gruening after the game because it's a blowout. Cam Newton, five touchdown passes, two rushing touchdowns. Blowout. See ya. Bye. So you think we're putting up, you think we're putting up? almost 50 points on him. Yeah, I think there's no doubt. I think I think John Gruden thinks they are 2 and 0, right? Mm-hmm. So they think that they can just going to walk in here and beat us. It's Bill Belichick we're talking about. Okay. Well, here's what I'm going to go. I'm going to go 28 to 24 New England. Um I think it's not going to be a high-scoring game. I think the Patriots are going to have to win this game because you can't fall one and two and then go to play the Chiefs next week. One and three would be a bad first four game start for the Patriots. Um, this is a real test. They're a legit team this year. The Raiders are. Um, this is, you know, another real test, just like the Seahawks. I mean, they're a top five team in the league. I didn't expect to win that game, but, you know, you, you showed some, you know, fight in that game, and I think you have some time to prepare against the Raiders. Look, that Raiders offense is scary, um, and I don't think you're going to contain them. I just think Derek Carr is going to crap his pants more than, you know, Josh Jacobs <laughs> or Darren Waller are going to uh, are gonna have a bad game. So I, I, I think Derek Carr is just going to be the one to shit himself. So I have the Patriots winning 28-24. I think, uh, you know, Cam Newton will do his thing. I think Nikhil Harry will have a good game, and I think the Patriots can uh, walk away uh, going into Kansas City 2-1 and one and putting us in a much better spot than we are if we were to lose this game, obviously. <laughs> so we both got um, Patriots there. The next game is Tennessee at Minnesota. Ooh, that's a good one. I... 
I mean, I got to go with Tannehill in Tennessee. There's just no one. I mean, Kirk Cousins, look, I like the guy. I want to root for the guy, but the guy hasn't shown me anything. They got rid of Stephon Diggs. Their running game is okay, right? Dalvin Cook's just not playing well right now. Right. I mean, they don't really have an offensive line because Cousins keeps getting hurt, you know? So I got to go with – Tennessee on that one. So I'm actually going to go against you here, and I'm going to say Minnesota for two reasons. One, they're 0-2. It's unlike them to be how they are right now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota's a team that, you know, if they do finish pretty low in the standings, that they are going to go. And, and, uh, you know, if they start losing a couple of these games here, they start off like 0-5, I wouldn't be surprised if they tank for Trevor Lawrence. I would not be surprised if... They go and look to get a guy like that. Wouldn't, wouldn't mind seeing him there. I'm not writing them off just yet. Um, I actually do have a parlay bet in for all of the uh, divisional winners. Um, and I actually had the Vikings winning the division this year. So I do like their team. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're going to bounce back here against Tennessee. And I think Tennessee is going to come down to earth from their 2-0 and start. I think Minnesota is going to beat Tennessee. Um, and, and I honestly think it's going to be an explosion by Dalvin Cook this week. So. All right, next game we got here is Cleveland. Is uh, sorry, is is the Washington football team at Cleveland? Hello, Bob. I think we lost Bob on the other end. He'll uh, he'll have to join himself back in. But um, I am going with in this game for those actually wondering is the Cleveland Browns against the Washington football team. Um, Washington's been looking solid. Their defense is looking solid. They got some bright young pieces. Dwayne Haskins looks a lot better. Um, but Cleveland just looked to be on another level the other game against the Bengals. And I know, you know, it's not a tough opponent to play against, but, uh, they did a real good job. And I think that, you know, Baker Mayfield, if he can continue that rapport with his receivers, play a lot better than he's been playing, you know, last year, again, you got to think this is his third year in the league. Um, this is his year to make that jump, that year three jump, um, after a sophomore slump, he's got a new coach. He's got some, you know, he has weapons on his offense. He's got a good defense. So I'm picking Cleveland over here in Washington. I think Washington's going to start have to lose some games here. You know, everybody's projecting them to be one of the bottom three teams in the league. Um, I think they will be too. So I think it's going to come back down. So I have Cleveland over Washington in this game. Bobby, what do you got? I would, I would agree with you. I think it's, I think uh, Baker looked good. And that team's coming together. I mean, Washington's defense is pretty good. Yeah. That kid, you know, Chase Young is Chase Chase Young, legit. Yeah. <laughs> He's a stud. I mean, but it's Haskins just awesome because got a lot to prove. Yeah, pick one and two in the draft are both studs. So that's always a good feeling when you're, you know, the NFL, and you know that the top two players in the draft are are legit. So, um, you're still writing these down, right? Yep. All right. Just want to make sure. Um, the next one is. Uh, we have the Rams going to Buffalo. I think this is going to be a very good game. Uh, I agree. I think Joe Goff is playing well. I think that whole team's playing well. And it's hard to root for Buffalo anytime because, you know, that's the New England in me. So I am going with the Rams. Yeah, I'm, I'm going for the Rams. I think it's a statement game here for, for both of these quarterbacks. I think Jared Goff um, needs to prove to everybody that you know he can start winning some of these games again, get back to his Super Bowl form. 
Um, and I think Josh Allen has a lot to prove to the league, showing that, you know, he is a legit quarterback. He did need some time to groom, you know, he is, you know, the few, you know, one of the, you know, top 10 futures of this league, you know, he can lead his team to the playoffs. So I think it's going to be a statement game. I think it's going to be very, very close, but I have the Rams winning for the sole fact that I really like some of their weapons a lot more than, you know, Stefan Giggs, like Cooper, Cooper cup and Higby. Um, you know, those are some two good options out there on offense for Jared Goff to throw to, um, you know, his backfield is not terrible. Malcolm Brown's a good little piece there. Uh, they are banged up, but I, I do see the Rams winning this game. And, and especially with, you know, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald on that defense, I think it's going to be a good defensive battle to, you know, for Josh Allen to try to play against. And, you know, on the other side of the ball, I think, uh, he's going to have a tough time with that. I mean, obviously Trey White's on Buffalo, but you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if, if Jared Goff has a good day um, other than that. So, yeah, I, I've got the Rams, too. We are uh, not straying away from each other, huh? No, I think you're copying me. Um, <laughs> the I next am. game is the Bears at the Falcons. This is another – this is my sleeper game for the game of the week. I think this is going to go the distance and, and go towards overtime. Um, I have Mitch Trubisky and the Bears winning this game against the Falcons. Um, I just, for some reason, the Falcons have been playing great, um, but they haven't been getting the wins out there, and I just think Mitch Trubisky is, is on a mission this year to prove everybody why he was taken so high in the draft. Um, I don't think it's going to last. I think he's still going to be Mitch Trubisky by the end of the season, but I do have him here winning in Atlanta. I think Matty Ice becomes Matty Ice again, and I think Atlanta gets back on track. I think it's hard to count out Julio Jones against that secondary. Yeah. Right? And I think that eventually Todd Gurley is going to be Todd Gurley. Right. And Matt you Ryan has the shown... for him to do it? Yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, yes, on the defensive side of the ball, you have Khalil Mack, but just run to the other side, right? Right. That's what I would say. And but and the other thing is, you know, they still have a very good offense. They have an oak, you know, a pretty good defense. It's the I think it's the coaching staff. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I have no but, idea why he still has a job. Dad Steiner still has a job. I don't know why I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I would say Atlanta, close game, like you said, but Atlanta finally figures it out and gets a W. Yeah, I mean, I just have the Bears because I just, I just for some reason feel the Bears winning in this game. So I'm going. Uh, did I say Dan Snyder? I meant Dan Quinn, by the way. I knew what you. I, mean. I was just thinking. <laughs> I was looking out fucking Washington. Um, yeah. So I, I have the Bears. I think the Bears have have underrated running backs. They have some good wideouts there. Um, you know, if Mitch Trubisky can just not turn the ball over against the Falcons, I think they can win the game. So I have the Bears in this one, surprisingly. Um. The next game is Carolina at Chargers. I got to go with the rookie and have to go with the Chargers because that kid looked fantastic. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for that team. And, yeah, I got to go with Chargers. Yeah, I'm uh, – what's the Christian McCaffrey injury report? How's he looking? Um, Let me look that up because I know he was a little banged up in practice this week. Yes, I knew that too. I mean, it's hard to win a game 
when you just are going to hand the Did ball Did he officially off. go on or, the IR this week? Yeah, it was a high ankle sprain. Okay, so he officially um, he's, out. he's officially out for three games, yeah. So I was going to go Panthers for that reason alone, um, but, you know, I'm going to go Chargers. I was just trying to, you know, that was posted yesterday. I, I wasn't really paying attention to the Panthers, but uh, yeah, uh, Christian McCaffrey is uh, is out. As much as I like Teddy Bridgewater, I think uh, the Chargers, you know, with whoever's that quarterback, I think that's a game that they should win with, with their defense and, and the guys they have on, on that, you know, those wide-out threats and the running game that they have with uh, Austin Eckler. I, I think they should beat the, the Panthers. The Panthers are supposed to be one of the bottom three teams in this league this year. So um, I'm picking the Chargers as well. Uh, the next game we got is the New York Jets at Indy. Um, this is a pretty easy one for me. I have Indy in this one. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick the Jets in anything. So I got to <laughs> go for Jets fans. Purpose. I know. Yeah, I know. Um, I, so- I, it's Indy for me, man. I think it's Phillip Rivers and that team. They've got a good team in Indy. They, they just needed a quarterback and. They have one now, and you know we'll see how the season plays out. But, um, you know the the Jets are are going to be a bottom five team in this league, I think, at the after the end of the year, and they're going to need to clean house everywhere. So, twenty twenty man is so weird with quarterbacks this year. Right, seeing all these guys in different uniforms. Hey man, we're so used to the weird shit now. And uh, um, it is twenty twenty, right? Yeah, it is. It's scary. Uh, <laughs> It's a scary time. Let's get out of this quick. <laughs> yeah, All right. right? So, so we've got Cowboys and Seahawks the next game after that. Uh, I got to just say this, Seahawks. I don't think the Cowboys are. I'm, no, no, I'm gonna... Russell Wilson is your early MVP. I'll just say it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm gonna go with the Cowboys in this game. I think the Patriots, for the type of team we are and how new we are with the new quarterback, um, you know, gave some trouble to the Seahawks and uh, Dallas looked good last week. Dak Prescott looked great. Um, I think that's, yeah, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be one of the better games of the week. Um, but I have Dallas winning this one. Interesting. I did not think you were going to say Dallas. Yeah. Now we got to change it up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so Tampa Bay and Denver. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with Denver. Okay. I'm Just go- because I'm I going can't Tampa. for Tom Brady and the Bucks. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going Tampa this week. Uh, Denver doesn't have a quarterback um, for a couple weeks. Drew Locke is out with an injury. Cortland Sutton is out for the year. Um, yeah, Von Miller's out for the year. They've been hit with the injury. Oh, maybe bug. I should go to the Bucks. No, so, you can't change. Uh, you got to lock in now. I didn't know what I didn't know. Von hey, we got we got to have yeah. Von Miller's been out since like three weeks ago. Um, yeah, and you got to stick with I'll your go, thing. We got to have some I'll, different things. That's true. Because we're gonna have identical scores by the end of the season, and people are gonna be like, "Well, <laughs> All fuck right. these guys." Yeah. So the next <laughs> that we got three games left. So we got Detroit at Arizona. Ooh, that'll be a good one. I think. I think Detroit gets it done. I think Matthew Stafford yeah. has a day. I have I have Detroit winning this one. Um, Arizona has been struggling covering tight ends. They drafted Isaiah Simmons for that reason. Um, but 
I, I really like TJ Hawkinson um, with the Lions. Uh, Lions are one of my – they're my second favorite team. I'm a huge Stafford guy. I've been a fan of the team since they uh, they had Megatron. For those that don't know, I'm a, I got a, I got a Stafford jersey and everything. I'm a huge Lions fan. Um, you know when the Patriots aren't playing, guy, yeah. yeah, they're my second favorite team, so I like them. And and you know this is not a bias over the Cardinals. I think DeAndre Swift, a guy they drafted in the first round, uh, running back this year, is he's been looking pretty good, and I think he's going to break out this week and have well over 120 yards and a couple of TDs against the Cardinals and TJ Hawkinson's going to have himself a day with, uh, with this team out there. So I really like Detroit in this game. Um, I think it's going to be a shootout. If anything, I think Kyler Murray's going to put up a big fight, but I think uh, Matt Stafford ultimately wins this game. Uh, the next game we have green Bay at new Orleans. Well, that's going to be a good one. I, uh, I think the saints get back on track. Kamara's too good, and Drew Brees is too good to be falling off just yet. Just, mm-hmm. it's too early, Drew. It is too mm-hmm. goddamn early for you to fall off. So, I actually have Green Bay in this game, regardless of Devontae Adams being out. I think uh, Marquise Veldez Scantling MVS is a good option. Um, that Rodgers has shown to be comfortable with. I think they've got, you know, they got Aaron Jones. They got some good players on their offense still uh, that Aaron Rodgers can go off. And Aaron Rodgers looks like he's been, you know, on a mission himself this year. Drew Brees has looked a shell of himself. So until the Saints can actually prove to me that, you know, they can win a meaningful game, um, I'm going with the Packers in this one. They won week one against the Bucks. I That's what I mean, meaningful. That's a bad Buccaneers defense and a sloppy offense with but no offensive was... line. But that's Tom Brady's Buccaneer team. Yeah, screw Tom Brady. He left us. I know, but that's a, I know. I know. <laughs> no, it's fine. But uh, yeah, I'm going with the We're Packers. Not mad. It's a, I'm going with the Packers. It. I feel Aaron Rodgers this year is 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 on a mission to uh, supplant Tom Brady and you know try to be the best that he can be, even though he's got a long way to go. But hey, he's motivated more than ever. He saw the Packers draft a quarterback in the first round. Um, you know, he's looking to uh, make a statement this year. And then we have the last game of the week. This is the Monday night game. This is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to go with Lamar in Baltimore because he looked great last week throwing the football. And I think it's only a matter of time until this Kansas City team loses. And let's not forget, they had to kick a field goal. In overtime to beat Kent, that Chargers, and that's a rookie quarterback. Right. Imagine what the MVP is going to do. Yeah, um, this could be easily the uh, AFC Championship this year. So, um, going to be an exciting matchup to watch. I actually have in this game. I have the Kansas City Chiefs over Baltimore. Um, I just think they need to bounce back after almost losing to a rookie quarterback and to a pretty solid Chargers team with that. Um, but. You know, they almost lost that game, and, and that's a game they couldn't afford to lose. I think they kind of get a wake-up call this week. They go take care of business. Um, and if you're the Patriots fans, if you're a Patriots fan like we are, you better hope Kansas City beats wins this game against Baltimore because if they lose against Baltimore after almost losing to the Chargers, probably going to have a very motivated Patrick Mahomes when he comes to New England, and uh, it's not going to be a pretty game. So for the sake of the Patriots next week, I think the chart, the Chiefs need to win this game against the uh, Ravens so that uh, they don't smack us when they come here the week after. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I so, mean, you can't you can't argue with that. So those are our picks. Um, is there before we get into the fantasy topic and then wrap up the show? Are there any specific players that you want to watch, not fantasy wise, but you know, across the league, you just want to see how they perform this week. If you can give me a player on both sides of the ball. Both sides of the ball? Yeah. Uh, well, I think... I think offensively, you want you should watch Joe Burrow. He's 0-2. You know, I think... You know, see what he can do, you know? Right. And I think defensively... I think, I mean, there's so many of them. It could be um, anybody. It could be anybody on the Patriots. doesn't matter. Just somebody that, somebody, I mean, you know, look, we're not like those big productions where uh, we sent, we're, we're not losers, basically, all right? We're, we don't send out the questions to each other in the morning and have all day to think about it so that we don't go, uh, on, on, you know, no, we, we live for that, right? We're putting Bobby right. on the spot. He's going with his gut. He's got to pick a defensive player now, though. I've stalled enough. All right, fine. <laughs> I would say Mr. Mister oh. Stefan Gilmore needs to step up after having an okay game against oh, no, Seattle. He, no, he got torched. He didn't have an okay game. He, <laughs> I didn't he, want got, to say it. he got torched. The defensive player of the, we, the year got torched. Yeah, he, he was out there. He was out there looking like fucking Logan Ryan in his first year here. He was looking awful. He yeah. was looking like Darius Butler. That's what he was looking like out there. He looked like who? He, exactly. He was <laughs> he was looking like a traffic cone that people were running around in practice. All right, then, that's a little then, that's a little too much. Steph Steph Gilmore still played pretty pretty well, you know. But who? DK Metcalf is just a freak, and he's gonna be a top wide receiver in this league for years to come. But, you know, when you're the best cornerback in the league, you can't get torched by a guy like that. You know, you can give him his catches. He can have a good game, but he shouldn't be able to beat you like that. So <clears throat> good pick there. Um, For me, I'm actually going to be looking at on the offensive end is Joe Burrow himself again, uh, just Dude, like you. Do we keep... <laughs> the reason That's I, funny. the reason I'm looking at Joe Burrow um, just because he's he's 0-2, he, he showed the last two games he can bring a team down the field when they are playing from behind. I want to see what he does with the lead. I want them to get out in the lead. I want to see him manage a game when they have a lead um, and try to win a game and, and win you know from start to finish. I want to see that out of him. I think he can do that this week. I think he can do it against the Eagles. Um, I'd really like to see that happen, and uh, especially if he beats the Eagles, the Eagles might start thinking about getting rid of you know someone like a Zach Ertz to – get some, you know, draft picks in here for the next couple of years because, uh, you know, they need to retool their team there. And if I'm looking at defensive players across the league that I'm looking forward to watching is Patrick Queen of the Baltimore Ravens. He's got a huge test coming up, coming up as that linebacker as against linebacker the Kansas against City the Chiefs uh, defense, uh, offense. Bobby, I can hear myself. Um, he's got a huge test against the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Um, and that team there, and, and you know, he's one of my favorite players out of that draft. So I picked two rookies this week. I'm not always going to pick two this week, but uh, you I feel know, like every you're week. A big but guy. I'm a big rookie guy this year. I think yeah. the reason I am is just for the fact that these players didn't have an, a real off season. They didn't have you know real workouts with teams. Um, they didn't have a real preseason. 
And I and I think that these games are basically, in a way, preseason games that matter to these guys. You know, obviously the teams aren't treating them like preseason. That's not what I mean by that. But for these rookies, this is their they got to ramp up. They have to get better every single game. Um, and I think that normally. Uh, rookies have four games to kind of get ready for the NFL game speed and, and kind of get better each week in the preseason and, and their games that don't count. And I think that, um, you know, that, and that's why a lot of rookies look great week one and they look like they're ready to take over. And, and we haven't seen that because they haven't had a real training camp or a preseason. It's been a lot of, you know, virtual meetups and, you know, not everybody's had the same kind of off season. So it's a little difficult, but I'm high on rookies this year because, hey, I really like Patrick Queen. I was hoping that he fell uh, to the Patriots um, this year. But yeah, he, he was too good in college to fall. Yeah. I, I, I thought, you know, he was he was very good for LSU. I think he's a good uh, good linebacker. I, I was really hoping the Patriots traded up for him because we did need some, you know, guys to retool the offense, uh, defense. But I liked him a lot. And um, Joe Burrow, he's, he's been my favorite player uh, in the league so Stunt. far. So, you know, I'm on the Burrow hype train there. So, yeah, those are the kind of guys that we're uh, we're looking at. So that's what we're going to do every single week during the football season is we're going to go through each of our picks, and then we're going to give uh, our player to watch on both sides of the ball um, every single week and stuff like that. But now I want to move on before we end the episode really quick is I want to move on to my little fantasy spiel um, and just kind of give you a little bit of information on who I'm starting and who I'm sitting. So this is a little bit more unique. I'm actually going to not be afraid to show you my actual lineup for the week. A lot of people don't do this, but you know, I'm going to leave it on a line. So Bobby, I'm going to read out my roster who I'm starting this week. Uh, the games are starting very, very soon. Um, I believe I do not. I'm loading this right now. I believe I do not have anybody in the Thursday night game. But I do have Justin Tucker in the Monday night game. Um, so that will be interesting. Um, and my opponent does not have anybody tonight either. So I'm not going to be getting any points tonight. But my lineup for those out there is Joe Burrow, Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift, Cooper Cup, Nikhil Harry, AJ Green, Hayden Hurst, TJ Hawkinson, Buffalo defense, and Justin Tucker. On my bench, if you're curious, Drew Brees is on my bench. Austin Hooper's on my bench. Chase Claypool's on my bench. Uh, Malcolm Brown is on my bench. MVS is on my bench. Benny Snell and KJ Hamler are on my bench. So I would start Malcolm Brown. Why are you not stopping Malcolm Brown? I, I can't contradict what I was going to say in my uh, fantasy report, which is that DeAndre Swift is going to have a big week this week. I think that he should be started. Um, if you can, as a, as a flex, I'm just short on running back position. So DeAndre Swift is a good running back option this week against the Cardinals and that defense. Um, I just think this kid's going to have a breakout week. I think he is going to, I said about 120 yards. I'm going to say 130 yards with two TDs in this game here. So if you are looking for some flex point productions, Go with DeAndre Swift. That's my prediction for the week as my number one guy. And my number one guy to sit is Drew Brees because of the sole fact that he is not looking like himself. And I'm sitting him this week until he can prove to me that he can win and put up some points in fantasy. If you guys had Drew Brees in your fantasy league, you're probably going through the same thing. I don't even know if you went to your backup or not. I went to Joe Burrow last week. He gave me a lot of points. I took a chance on him. Drew Brees gave me almost nothing. I'm doing the same again this week. Drew Brees is on my bench. So 
that's it for the the uh, fantasy talk, and that's kind of it for uh, our episode. Bob, do you have any last comments before we uh, kind of close out tonight? I just want to say something about hockey because you guys know me. I'm a big hockey guy. That the Tampa Bay Lightning are the Golden State Warriors of hockey. <laughs> oh, boy. All they do is buy and sell, buy and sell, buy and sell, sell out the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's all. Okay. Bobby doesn't <laughs> like the Lightning, confirmed. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, yeah, so we're gonna, uh, we're gonna end the episode here. I just wanted to let everybody know again about our Patreon. Um, we're actually, if you've made it far into this episode, congratulations, because we are going to be doing a giveaway in our next episode of one of our items of merchandise. I am going to let you pick it out, whatever you want, your size gets sent to your house. However, the kicker is this is only for members on Patreon. So. You don't sign up for Patreon, you don't win this. So, Patreon-only giveaway. Um, go out there, join our Patreon if you wanted to do this giveaway. Don't get butthurt if you uh, don't want to do Patreon. It's fine. Um, you don't have to. It's there to help us out, help the you know show grow so we can improve the quality and the content and everything. But, you know, there'll be other giveaways. Um, you know, stay tuned on our social media. We might do another giveaway the same time frame for those that don't do it. Uh, but it might not be as cool. So if you want cool to pick whatever the hell you want from our merchandise, um, from our store, whatever size you want, whatever color, whatever the hell you want from our store, uh, go join Patreon. It's literally seven bucks a month. Um, you know, go help us out. And, uh, and it's really going to go right back into the uh, podcast. So we appreciate anybody that actually does go over there and do that. We're going to be doing more stay alive. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be doing more gives away, giveaways like that um, that are exclusive to that. We're going to be dropping some merchandise that's exclusive to Patreon. There's a lot of other features uh, with Patreon, so it will be in the description down below um, on Anchor, on Spotify. And if you're really having trouble looking for it, go to our Twitter um, and look on there. So we'll be, uh, we'll be posting stuff like that soon, but... Again, uh, we're probably going to be doing the video versions of these in a couple weeks. But like I said, if you're on Patreon, um, you get to see them live, ask us questions. And then immediately after that episode, the uh, video version will be up. You have about a week to watch it before anybody else on YouTube will get to watch it. So uh, it's a cool little perk there as well. If you are listening on your Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you get podcasts from, we thank you. Uh, be sure to like, make sure you follow the podcast, share it with your friends, and uh, we will see you guys next week. Next time we are going to be doing this, we will have our results from our pick'em. We'll have a whole nother week of NFL football in the books, and uh, either the Celtics will be in the NBA Finals or the Heat will be. So <laughs> we look forward to it. Fingers crossed from Boston, and uh, thank you guys, and we'll see you on the next episode. Peace out.